Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Luke chapter 1, we're moving forward in our series uh, this month, A Voice in the Wilderness series, and this is lesson two in that series. And I want to read verses 26 through 38 here tonight. 26 through 38. Now these are a lot of verses to read before you're seated, but if you'll stick with me, I think we'll be all right. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now, some of y'all think, wait a minute, it's not December. We're we're reading these. No, Uh, let's stay with it. To a virgin espoused a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Everyone say Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. A couple weeks ago, we talked about about the ark that was being built. And when he found favor, that favor came with work and isolation. Well, you're highly favored, Mary. The Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall Give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She said, I'm going to take all your shalls, and I'm going to respond with one pretty big shall. How shall? seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall. Mm. And if I wanted to preach tonight, I would just preach the Holy Ghost shall. The Holy Ghost shall. It doesn't matter how big your how is. The Holy Ghost is big enough to get the job done. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee. See, you've read this a hundred times and never realized how many times it says shall. Also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath, not shall, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall 
be impossible. <laughs> Mary said, um, well, then behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to that word. And the angel said, okay, goodbye. Um, we're going to teach tonight. And our, our, I don't want you to turn this off from the beginning because I think the Lord wants to help us. But in this, this, this wilderness process, this being in the wilderness, sometimes the wilderness is not a place, it's a state of mind. You, you can drive a Mercedes in a wilderness. You can live in a big house in a wilderness. Uh, we need the direction of God. And so this, this lesson, this, this lesson too is really about, can I commit to what he asks of me, even if it will polarize me from others? Can I commit? got some people in here tonight that are here are going to be aimers a part of the aim program and uh, we've got others that are called to missions we've got some that have already done missions work and they're called back and and, and we've got some people in this room tonight that that, that that you're the only apostolic in the entire building you work at or the only apostolic we've got students downstairs they're the only apostolic in their entire school and some would say, well, that's not fair. That seems like it's isolate. It's the call. If he, if he gives you that call, if he places that on you, how many know he will give you the strength to fulfill it? Lord, we love you. I pray you'd help me to teach with wisdom and clarity. I pray, oh God, that I could do it effectively and efficiently, that we would grow because of our time in your word tonight. We're asking for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everybody say amen. amen. Shall, shall, shall. Be seated tonight. God bless you. <clears throat> I want to come out of the gate here tonight and ask a question. Does anyone here believe that God still speaks to his people? I think he does. And uh, we heard some about that even this this weekend when Brother Morgan was here. And I, I believe that, that God speaks through the word. And I believe that God speaks through the preaching. But I think God speaks to his people. I think he'll speak to you directly. I think he will impress you. I think that he will, that he will give you a word. If everything he speaks to you is, is easy, you might need to spend a little more time in prayer. Every now and then, you'll know it's God because it doesn't make sense to you. And I don't mean it's odd or mystical or weird. I just mean it's obvious. For instance, in our opening text, God was speaking to Mary. How many of us in this room are thankful that Mary was available to listen to Gabriel? Aren't we thankful? But might we all admit here tonight that if someone in this room told us this very story, our first response would be, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But it did happen. Not based on logic. Mary heard from the angel and she had an immediate 
choice to make. This is critical for us here tonight to understand that. Luke one twenty nine records that when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation that this should be, revealing that Mary's first reaction to angelic visitation was discomfort. Please catch that. Mary's first reaction to angelic visitation was discomfort. She had varying thoughts running through her mind, and Mary had to make a choice. Will I, will I choose not to accept this because it is foreign to my life? Ladies and gentlemen, to be spiritual is foreign to the world we live in. To be godly, to hear from God. During this crisis over the last year and a half, there were some well-known prominent pastors of mega churches, one in particular that made this statement. We are not closing down church as the result of prayer. We are closing down church as the result of polling the people. I fundamentally disagree with anything that does not rest on the foundation of prayer and seeking the face of God. How many in here have found that sometimes, although it wasn't to the extreme nature maybe of Mary, obviously, but it was it was a question by God or it was a direction by God that when he first told you, you'd wish he hadn't told you. Some of you have been asked by God to do things you wish he would not have asked when he first showed up, but you found out that it was, it was fulfilling to follow. Mary had been chosen to fulfill the greatest prophecy that had ever been given to humanity. God himself was going to come and rescue and redeem humanity. And Mary had been chosen to be the mother of that flesh of Jesus Christ. Even though Mary had an extremely specific purpose in God's plan, she did not know it until this moment. Additionally, please, please recognize this. Mary had free will. Mary did have free will. Allow your mind to wander far enough for what if Mary would have said, not me. Not me. How long have you heard that God is a gentleman and will not force himself? He will not. How many know, how many know he won't make someone live for them? Some of you have people you wish he would. Right? Some of us have people that we think, God, I wish you'd just... Right? And they just live for you. But Gabriel comes and says, you have found favor. But once again, just like in lesson one, he shows us here, favor of God is often on display in a way that human nature would not draw out as favor. Even though we understand, if you want to be a theologian about it. We understand that it was the promise, the, the messianic promise. We understand that, but just take the human element of it and recognize that she has espoused to a man, but has never been sexually intimate before. 
That's her response. How shall he, me, thee? <laughs> but God had a plan. Her ability to choose had not been taken away simply because God had a purpose for her life. God has a purpose for every person in this building, but God will not make you fulfill his purpose. You and I must intentionally choose to fulfill the purpose of God. And I've got to tell you that I think that the purpose of God is something we're supposed to be working towards every single day. Mary stood here at a, a pivotal moment in the history of humankind. She did not have the knowledge to make an informed decision. She hadn't gone, there's no, there was no school or training for this. She didn't have that training or education to ask questions according or pertaining to the prophecy. Now, Gabriel, I've been studying up on situations like this. There's no, why did he build the ark? There's not even rain. There's no, there's no historical element to look back at and use. Mary had no previous model. The beautiful thing about now, all of, especially all of our college students, you're, you're here, you're training for ministry. So much of what you do, you read and you study the books of theologians that have gone before, missionaries that, that have written and have studied, and by their experience, along with the Word of God. But when there is no precedent for the situation... And I am a firm believer that God is calling our generation to do and see some things that we have never done or seen before. And we have what Mary had. Please catch this. We have a choice. She had the choice. And when she had the choice, here's what she chose. She chose to listen and she chose to be obedient. You know how she had the ability to respond to the angel with a question? Because she listened. She listened. The only way she could be obedient was to know how to be obedient. Since most of the kids are downstairs, let's pick on the kids for a second. <clears throat> Anybody with teenagers, have you ever asked them to do something? And then you come downstairs or you show back up and what you ask them to do. I, I, do you remember that I told you? Oh, I thought you said, oh, no, 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 no. It was real clear. Trash on ground. Pick trash up. Put trash in trash can. You know die. We laugh now because we were the teenagers at one point. And everybody, almost everybody, now not everybody, not some of you perfect people, but almost everybody in here at one point said, oh, I didn't hear what you said. It's not that you didn't hear, it's that you weren't listening. Right? Mary was listening. She was, not just, she was not just in the presence 
of Gabriel, not just in the presence of the word and the plan of God being spoken, but she was tuned in. She was listening. She was comprehending. And, and I know what some of you are thinking. I can feel it in this room. If an angel talks to you, you probably listen, right? If an angel talk, I understand that. But I will tell you, I've been in some pretty powerful services. That I know God gave some very clear instruction. And then people so quickly. It's not just to listen, but it is to be obedient. How many know that obedience is better than sacrifice? Being obedient. God does speak to us. Everyone say God speaks to us. Many times we ask the question, how do I hear the voice of God? How, how do I know God is speaking to me? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on making sure that we can, we can understand this is. Uh, with a close reading of Mary's story, let me harp on this for a moment. The, the question we've got to settle is, will I even listen if he does? <laughs> will I listen? The choice must be made. First, John 6 and 44 makes it very clear that God speaks first. No man can come to me except that the Father which has sent me draws him. I, I, and I will raise him up in that last day. And just like he did with Mary, God will choose a way to initiate a conversation with us. The beautiful thing about us right now is if you say, well, I haven't heard from God. Start the conversation. There's a beautiful thing about prayer. You can initiate the conversation. Talk to him. The choice, the choice is important to be made. God will initiate most often that conversation. And if he doesn't, you start that conversation and listen, listen, listen for him to draw. Someone said, well, God's not reaching for me. False. Nobody can ever use that excuse. This book tells us he reached for us all a long time ago. No man comes to the Father. I know what we just read, and yet we've got to understand he walked that rugged pathway and climbed Calvary's rugged cross a long time ago. He has already initiated relationship with us. But it's more than just hearing from that word. He's calling to us. Approximately eight times in the New Testament, the phrase, who he or if any man has ears to hear, let him hear is used. If anyone, if any man, he who has, if you've got ears, let him hear. And what is it typically paired with? Let him hear what the, that's right. It's so well known that we can speak it through this room in a Bible study. Let him hear what the spirit is saying. To be in tune with God. Now, I'm going to tell you something that you already know, but it's important for this lesson, and we got to dive into it tonight and be reminded God's ways are higher than our ways. Has anyone ever found, oh, this is a, a tricky question. Uh, you're going to feel like, am I supposed to raise my hand for this or not? Has anyone ever found God's ways to seem inconvenient? A couple of you are like, I've always wanted to admit this in church. Like, I've... <laughs> I've been waiting on this. It's not about our convenience. It's about our salvation. And greater than just salvation, 
Mary, this is not this is not solely about you. This is about others. I need you to fulfill the plan so that others. Hmm. Twice the angel told Mary that she had found favor. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Everybody say, that sounds good. Everybody in this room, it's okay to get a compliment, right? You're highly favored. Ooh, I like that. Not just from anybody. I mean the angel. And not just any angel. Gabe. Gabriel came in. Mary, thou hast found favor. Verse 30. Favor with God. As we read with Western eyes, our Western hemisphere, this sounds like a nice complimentary word to a young lady. God's calling for this purpose. This is nice. It might even feel normative because we often see God calling young ladies now to work in the kingdom. We, we heard Sister Cameron a minute ago. Then Sister Collins got up and led us in prayer. And Wow, that's great. Timothy Johnson writes that Mary is among the most powerless people in her society. She is young in a world that values age. She is a female in a world ruled by men. She is poor, poor in an already stratified economy. Furthermore, she has neither husband nor child to validate her very existence. And Gabriel said, you're favored. Mm. That's um, preacher pause. That's why you got to trust what God says about you more than what the world says about you. Okay? You got to trust not, not what society has labeled you statistically to become. Not even what your family tree's history points to you to become. You've got to have a private place alone with God where you can have a visitation that reveals the way the Father sees you. Woo! Man, I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost right now. A private visitation will reveal to you what the Father says about you. Mary, I know that you are a young woman in a society that does not value young women. But I want to tell you something right now. From the very throne room of heaven, when he searched all the earth, he found you. To which I would speak to the men and women in this room right now and say that if he did not want you, you wouldn't even be here. But he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has a purpose. Every now and then when hell tries to make you feel terrible and makes you feel depressed or overwhelmed, you need to remind hell, I have a word from God. But, but can't we all be honest that we like Mary, men, even us, we got a lot of how shall? How? You got the right address. You got the wrong Mary. Are you sure? As if God, he knows the number of hairs on your head or the lack thereof. But he got confused when he was talking to you. Hear me in this room right now. He does not peddle promises accidentally. He cannot lie. 
The promises he gave you in a secret place, he has the ability to perform in a public place. If you will cling to the promise and you will hold to the process, Mary, you just need a, so be it. It's okay to have a how shall, as long as you can work through that. As you've said, mm, my mind. It had, uh, it had to be according to the word of God. The spiritual, the social situation Mary was in, it hadn't prepared her for the visitation from an angel. It had been, been around 400 years since the last Old Testament prophetic utterance in Israel that we have recorded here. We've made a big jump here. We, we, don't, we don't have this. Then all of a sudden an angel just shows up. God doesn't work on your timetable. Aren't you glad about that? God doesn't work on my time. And God doesn't need anybody's permission to show up to you. Thank God. Aren't you glad? Gabriel didn't have to knock on Mary's mom's house. Um, would it be okay? Uh, I'm going to meddle for a second, okay? That's why the most important things in our life as parents is that our children would learn how to hear the will of God for their life. If they're called to be a doctor, then do your very best to enable it. If they're called to be a lawyer, do your very best to enable it. If they're called to be a plumber, do your very best to enable it. But what if they're called to be a preacher? By trade, everybody in my family was in the welding and pipe fitting business. I was an apprentice. That was the family side of me. The want side of me had already started a marketing program. That's what I wanted. And then crazy it was, there was this God's will thing. Huh. We've... Mm, I'll never forget sitting down at the table as a young man with my parents. I have a vivid memory of my mom looking at me at a, at a table and saying, well, you know that this will eventually lead probably to you being a pastor. And I said, no. <laughs> no, it won't. I just want to preach. My dad, my dad wasn't upset at me when he called and said, the welding position is still yours if you want it. When I said, I don't think I could sleep tonight if I left this role as youth pastor because I know I'm in the will of God. <laughs> I'm glad that my parents said, I understand what I thought your trajectory was. But there's a heavenly father. I want us to raise our hands and pray, man. I feel, I just, I feel a little moment, I feel a little moment. 
Just want you to pray. Pray, pray, pray with me for a moment. God, help us to commit personally and help us to enable our children to commit. Commit to the call and the will of God. Bye. Mm. That the glory of God would be evident, like we heard here Sunday night, that the glory of God would be evident by obedience to the will of God. Somebody say amen. Be it unto me according to that word. That's a good response. Consider the story of of Abraham and Sarah, the conception in their old age. Sarah was at a loss for words, so she laughed, right? I got to tell you, in, in human nature, it wasn't a bad response. It was a bad response to God. God didn't like it. God didn't want to be laughed at. But everybody in this room's probably been in a place where you nervously laughed. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> Yeah, right? College girls, like when the guy that you don't want to like you tells you you look nice and you're like, oh, ha, 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 ha. God, no, I gotta go, I gotta go. Oh, I want to park there, but I'm going to move. When when Mary heard all the angel had to say, although she had been initially troubled, she did two things. First, she made a statement of identity and confirmed who she was by stating who she belonged to. By stating she was a servant of God, she was confirming that her purpose was God's purpose. Please catch that. And second, Mary did not try to take control of the situation. God, if you're going to use me, let me tell you how to do it most effectively. I got a three-step plan to virgin birth that's going to blow your mind. (laughs) Shut up, Mary. You don't know better. Ladies and gentlemen, he doesn't need... If he calls you, he'll qualify you. Amen. He'll help you. You say, I don't come from a lineage of preachers. You don't have to. Okay? There's not anybody that because their dad is a surgeon automatically makes them a surgeon. You ever done this before? No, but my dad, he talked about it around the table several times. Scalpel. No, thank you very much. Though Mary did not understand, she believed God. She didn't have a clear understanding of what what was about to happen. But she accepted even in uncertainty, personally. Her uncertainty, please watch this. Her uncertainty was in herself, not in her God. She had confidence in God. How shall it be? I've known not a man. I, I, how shall I? I've not known. Mary had an obvious biological question. It was a good question. It was a good question. God's not intimidated by your questions. One of the worst things we ever did to the church was made kids feel like they couldn't ask questions. We lost generations because we told them, just go along with it. I don't care. Well, if anybody likes that or not, that's true. He's not intimidated by questions. We, it's in here. It's in here. You can, you can show it. Amen.
how shall it be? And then I've got to trust, trust God. Thank you, Mary, for that example. Even though, even though she didn't quite understand, she still made the decision to believe God. If you always, if we always wait on it to make sense, it can never be miraculous. Everything that is explainable always remains void of the miraculous. We have to accept what God says instead of doubting. Temptation to doubt God's word is always present. Doubt never leaves behind its companion fear. How many know that's true? Oh, what if? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. It's good to quote as a proverb. It's tough to live out. Right? It's one of those scripture verses. I call it one of those, one of those majors, like almost everyone knows it. Trust in the Lord with all. I mean, even if you don't, you can put on your preacher voice for that one. With all thou art, lean not to thine own understanding. Until it's you. Right? But help me, God, to acknowledge you and let you direct my path. Ladies and gentlemen, aren't you glad that God uses ordinary people? Everyone trying to prove why marry, why marry this, holy marry this. And, and I don't mean this disparaging in any way, shape, or form. She was an ordinary girl that lived unordinary in the fact that she found favor with God. She was an ordinary individual. It was not because of her personal lineage that she was chosen by God. It was because she was available, she was willing to listen, she was willing to be obedient. She was trying to do ordinary things, already engaged to be married. Her path was going to be marriage, producing children, the occupation for the average girl during Mary's lifetime. She was living it out. Clearly, Mary's commitment to God and His Word, please catch this, her commitment to God and His Word were stronger than her commitment to her own personal ambition. And if anybody in this room, if any of us are going to be successful, we're going to have to put ambition on the altar. Man, I, I heard that said one time. And so let me talk to all the young men and young women and all the elders even in this room that are pursuing ministry on any level, seeking the face of God. Please hear me clearly. Ambition is not what you want. Anointing is what you want but not ambition. You can have drive, but our world has taken ambition and baptized it to become a good thing. Ambition is about you and self. Amen? God's purpose comes with God's connections. What did he do immediately with Mary? He gives her this unbelievable promise. How many recognize that, and I'm almost done, how many recognize that God's promise to Mary was unbelievable? Or in the true sense of the word, it was incredible. Okay? So what did he do immediately? What, what happens immediately? You're going to have a baby. She's like, what? I don't know. Me and Joseph. And you're going to have a baby. And she accepts it. Let it be unto me. And what was the first thing upon her acceptance? What was the first thing that happened? I'm going to connect you with Elizabeth. 
You know old Elizabeth. I doubt that they called her that, but nobody said, hey, where's old Elizabeth? But womb, nothing in there, barren. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Six months along. Six months along. I'm going to give you such a God promise that part of the confirmation will not only come from me, but I'm going to give you a God connection in another human. That will help validate. Oof. It'll help validate because the, the promise is so big that hardly anybody will believe you. So I'm going to need someone else. And when everyone questions you, when no one else wants to talk to you, you'll have an Elizabeth in your life. Everybody needs an Elizabeth that when everybody else thinks you're crazy, she's like, whoo, he jumped in my belly. You know, those people that are just dream with you, they'll, they'll just believe with you. You, you take them and God, brother Sleeva there. I've had people along the way and it was my fault because I tried to share some dreams with people that couldn't handle it. Not everybody can handle your dream. Don't share your stuff with just anybody. Okay. I want to tell you about what God's doing. And they're looking at you like, you're crazy. You know what they want to say to you? How shall but he will give us God connections. God connection. In relationships, you got to find out, does the relationship, does it strangle or support you? Is your faith greater or weaker because of that relationship? I'm going to tell you what Mary felt after she went to see Elizabeth. And Elizabeth went, whoo, whoo. Mary thought, it's real. As if hearing from the angel wasn't enough. Isn't it something that you'll hear clearly from God, but you let a voice that you love and trust validate it in human flesh? Stand with me. Proper commitment to God will take you to proper committed relationships that will help build the promise of God in your life. So let me, let me, I'm going to go back to the, I'm going to go back to the college students to close this, okay? I'm going to come back to you since I can't talk to the married people already like this because they're married, okay? So college students or anybody in this room that, that you're not married right now, I need to tell you something right now. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the pastor is saying. Okay? Do not link yourself up with a dream crusher. Sarah, Sarah was Sarah was gorgeous. Read your Bible. She was gorgeous. But her laughter just about cost him a mess. Be careful. Yeah, but she is so pretty. She is so pretty. 
Yeah, but your, your call of God is to produce this. And just because she's pretty, if every time you're together, she constantly belittles the prophetic promise. How different would the story read if Mary shows up at Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth says, Mary, you're so silly. Well, that couldn't happen. I know it didn't happen, but what if Elizabeth had not been obedient? It was a series of obedience that led to relational value. The relational value brought witness and validation. You've got to be careful. Young girls, ladies in the room, just because they give you attention. Okay. God, I think you've helped us here tonight. I've done my best to relay what I felt that we've got to commit to your will more than the will and the words of others. But we need, we need not just commitment to your word, we need relationships that help build, strengthen, and validate. Give us God. If you can send the angel to tell us that you have a plan for our life, then you can give us enough wisdom on who we confide in and who will rejoice with us. Help us, oh God. Help our commitment to your word not to be quenched by our commitment to unrealistic relationships. Give us God connections. Help us within the church. God, I'm, I'm praying this as a pastor. Help us within the church to be, to be brothers and sisters that encourage the dreams and the God-given uh, promises Help us not to quench or to thwart or to hinder the promises that you're making to us, but help us to encourage one another. Help us to encourage, ooh, help us to encourage one another, to strengthen one another. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. amen. Mary, it's going to be a wilderness it's going to be a wilderness, Mary. Nobody else, nobody else. There is no map for this. You can't ask Siri how to do this. But if you'll listen to me, I'll send you to an Elizabeth. God bless you.